Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, it is. It's time for another episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your sometimes glamorous, sometimes rock star host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during global chaos. You know, being an immigrant and achieving the American dream or Canadian dream, as we heard in our episode with John Wong back episode, I think it was 107. You know, that's something that many people aspire for. Okay, I know there's a lot of things going on today, and you may be like, hey, the American dream of old doesn't exist, or, you know, whatever your complaints may be, doesn't matter, okay? There are still people globally, people in this country that still aspire for that dream, and today's guest is no exception. First, though, remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel for only $3 a month. You can become a baby shark. You get some perks. You get some free stuff, you know, things like that. You help the channel grow. Now, if giving money through big tech isn't your thing, don't worry. We got you covered. Head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use the code SHARK, okay? You will get 20% off of your order and all the proceeds directly support us producing the biggest, the best, the most awesomest show we possibly can. (laughs) So let's get back to today's show. We're going to hear the personal story of somebody who went through things that a lot of us can't even imagine the situations that she has been in the risk that she has had to face and then even the hard choices that her family had to make all is well though And it ended up with her creating an awesome business that at the end of the day helps small businesses grow via the promise of technology. You all know, that's my favorite tagline. And I tell you what, today's guest does exactly that. Get ready for a joyride because this episode, it's hot. So who is today's guest? None other than Odetta Pine. Odetta Pine has built her career on the belief that data can be harnessed and analyzed to help us become more human, more compassionate, and more aware of the needs of our coworkers, clients, and communities. When we forge deeper connections to the people around us, we are rewarded many times over. She is the CEO of G7 Tech Services, where she helps customers unlock the data in their businesses to make powerful, intelligent decisions. So, hey, let's bring Odetta on in here. Small Biz Spotlight. Odetta, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became shark bait. Hey, David. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Monday, uh, right? Yeah, happy Monday indeed. So first question right out of the gate. I ask everybody the same exact question. Who are you? What's your experience? What's your background? How did you get where you're at? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Odita Odita. 
All right. Well, um, one of the things that makes me who I am is being from Albania. Okay. Uh, most of the people in the U.S., when I say I'm from Albania, they're like, wait, where is that from? <laughs> Albany, New York? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> Albania. Yeah. It's a very small town um, in Europe. It's yep. uh, right above Greece and, uh, you know, bordered by Kosovo, Montenegro, and then also Italy. And uh, Macedonia is where I grew up, and that's where you know I came from. I came from a very small family, um, very very poor actually, in a very yeah. small town called Porcha, and it's right on the mountains. So hiking and biking was one of our, well, they were both our main activities growing up. Uh, we used to hike um, 800 meters pretty much three times um, a week. And sometimes wow. four four times a week, yes. And we would just bike for with fun. My, uh, just for fun. My dad wow. was one of those guys. Uh, he was big into hiking, and he always took us with us. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, so, I grew up in a mountainous region as well too. So we would always be hiking, fishing, hunting, all that good stuff. Where Colorado? No, no, in Pennsylvania. Where in yeah. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah, fun, whole region, fun. Pennsylvania. Oh, I have to check it out. My dad always loves to take trips here, especially Colorado, and, you know, do the hiking and all that. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I haven't, we've been planning this trip, but I haven't gotten the chance yet to um, to take him there, hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, here definitely, now. definitely. So what do you do now, and exactly how did you get into what you're doing? Yeah, so, it you know, it ties very closely with where I'm from, right, and why mm -hmm. I came here. So, uh, as I told you, I came from a very small family, great parents, very, very poor growing up. But uh, one thing that we, you know, we were pushed from my dad and my mom was to get educated, right? Get educated, right. get educated, make it out, and go chase the American dream, right? Yep. And that's where I'm at. So, um, <laughs> funny story. Actually, it's not funny. It's kind of a sad story. My sister, uh, she's five and a half years older than I am. She um, left the country her third year of high school to come here because we had a big civil war around 1997. Okay? okay. And there was a lot of kidnapping and prostitution going on. So, my parents essentially had to take my sister out because she was a teenager at that point and they had two daughters. So, it was very hard to keep track of both of us and, right. you know, within the town with everything else going on. So that's what she did. And then she, uh, she came, she was the only one here. Uh, we had some remote family in the States that took care of her. She was pretty much uh, in a foster family, right? They were her yep. foster family. And she kind of wanted to bring the family together. And um, my dad wanted to get me out of there. Uh, and uh, we, she went and applied in many colleges in Boston for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I got accepted in all of them. I uh, got a scholarship at uh, Stimmons College, um, you know, in Boston, right in the Fenway right. Park and Riverway area. And uh, that's where I went. And I studied computer science, uh, information technology and business management. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much my dad was essentially the, the push. And um, he was, I guess, my my guy right uh right. he growing up he had this many dreams but he lived during the dictatorship so i kind of looked up to him and i kind of wanted to make his dreams um, mm -hmm. alive right he was taking a lot of his dreams away and opportunities mm -hmm. he was a 4.0 med student that ended up in remote villages working his way up and there was always everything taken from him and his family during dictatorship right. 
So he never got to, you know, fulfill his dreams. And Where um, is so I he, said, you know, is he living in the stateside or is he over there? Yes, he does now. No, he does. So yeah. we finally, my sister and I got them here about yeah. three years ago. Awesome. And we finally brought the family together. And, um, you know, uh, we, we were together um, finally. That's great. So my immediate family is here. Uh, my parents go between Boston and Texas. Um, and then all of my extended family is still back home. And we try to mm -hmm. go back home at least, you know, once a year. Um, so yeah, so no, that's pretty much the story. Family is a big impact on a lot of people. I mean, you, you, you talk to people and you hear like on this show, everybody has very, I guess you can say diverse background. Some of them, you know, oh, we were poor. Or, hey, I had a bad family life or hey, I had an excellent family life. And it's kind of weird because when you hear those things, it really helps people evolve to be who they are today. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what make a huge difference in my life. I remember for the first time at 19 years old at 1 a.m., I was able to walk by myself without my dad or my mom next to me from the train station to the home uh, where I stayed at that time when I first moved in the state. And that feeling of the freedom and I'm able to walk by myself and nothing mm -hmm. is going to happen to me. It's a huge, huge feeling. Okay. There's nothing you can compare to it. You're free. You're right. free to walk. You're free to breathe the air at night. You're free to look at the stars and free and you know and feel good about yes i'm going to wake up and i'm going to be here and i'm going to do it all over again and it's so right. exciting you know and it's the same concept that i apply in business all the time like this is an opportunity that was given to me like a freedom that i took it and i'm going to do everything i can with it you know and most importantly i'm going to have fun with it that's an so awesome that's, story <laughs> thank you thank you so yeah i mean because as i told you during civil war you know because of a lot of kidnapping and prostitution and all that you know literally girls were snatched put in the back of the trunk and and then you're gone you know you don't we didn't see a lot of our friends a lot of times yeah. and uh you know my mom and my dad were always there with us um they took us to school they took us to you know private lessons that we had yeah. like yeah, you're talking about like there was a lot of human trafficking and stuff like a that. a lot of human trafficking that that is absolutely right so you that's know so that's the background i came from and i said you know i'm just gonna go and be free essentially yeah, and yeah. build well, the you dreams were able, the you were dreams, able so. to escape it got a better life and then it sounds like with what you're doing you're making the best out of the opportunity you were given yes absolutely i'm having fun with it right i yeah. got a I, I got the freedom the freedom got given to me and i'm doing whatever i can with it uh, and most importantly enjoying it and uh right. you know getting it set up so that i take care of my family and my family mm -hmm. you know my parents have fun my parents are well taken care of i mean they're the reason why i'm here today and i'm talking to you otherwise i wouldn't be here um right. so i just you know, I'm setting it up so I can take care of my family and friends um, right, and right. help and help and help people. You know, um, it's nice to be able to give back. You know, oh, I got yeah, so definitely. much. I got so much from this country and, you know, the freedom and everything. So for me, it's always about giving back. Yeah, um, giving back because I feel that way, too. I feel everything goes full circle. And so yes. if you're just taking and taking and taking, yeah, you might have some short term wins where you're getting ahead. But ultimately, if you're not giving 
back, you're going to end up losing. Yeah. And, you know, what's what's the fun of it if you don't give back? You uh-huh. know, if others don't enjoy a part of what you're enjoying and having fun with, right? Um, the share in your success. Absolutely. 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 And, you know, helping as much as I can. I'll do anything to help people out, whatever it takes, right? Uh, because I was that person that I needed help at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people that helped me out, family, friends, all of that. And I will help. Right, right. So your business right now, it's G7, right? That is correct. G7 Why Tech Services. G7 Tech Services. Why don't you explain, you know, 30 second overview, what the business does, and then I'll get into some questions like, why did you start it and stuff like that? Yep. So we are a consulting services and software sales company uh, specializing Mm -hmm. in business intelligence and corporate performance management, and really anything that has to do with data, right? Um, We focus mainly on the small to medium market. Uh, We have our platform that sits on top of you know, Excel spreadsheets, ERP systems like Microsoft um, GP, SAP, um, you know, Oracle, and we analyze the data and uh, mm-hmm. put it together so that we are able to tell a story to the business owners and the C-level executives. Um, not only that, but also specialize in predictive analytics as well, uh, which is more right. of a statistical um, nitty-gritty detail of that data. <laughs> So one thing he said there that caught my eye was you said that you're able to tell the story from data. How do you tell a story when you're looking at raw data? How are you able to explain that story to maybe a non-technical business owner? By uh, putting it together in a format that makes sense, right? For example, a beautifully a beautifully created chart that shows you the highs and the lows, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of that even pattern. So the ability to read those pattern easily, right? Um, It doesn't matter what the measure is, but you've got to present it in a way in a format that people are able to read it easily, no matter what they're using. If it's using Excel spreadsheet or another application or tool, whatever the case is. Okay. So why did you end up starting the business with G7 Tech Services? What was the driver with that? Did you do it right out of college or what exactly? So funny story, say that um, I started with a startup in the same industry, right? And um, I kind of grew with them. That was my first job um, out of college. And it was three of us. And then I Mm -hmm. kind of helped and built the team to, you know, 20 people with two offices, Mm -hmm. one in Boston and then one in Austin. That's how we moved in Texas, actually, to open up that office Mm -hmm. and build a team here. And, you know, during this process, I kind of figured out certain gaps and, um, you know, certain principles that I, you know, didn't agree with or I didn't like. And I said, hey, you know, I said, um, I'm kind of ready to go and filling that gap right within the industry. And um, and that's what I did. Um, and also, you know, I'm that kind of a person that I get easily bored. And at this point <laughs> of the company, I did many, many roles. So I did sales. I did, I mean, technical support. I did implementation. I ran that team for a long time. And I said, hey, kind of need something new. I kind of need a new challenge. Um, if my brain is not working every day and thinking different every day, then there's something wrong. You know, right, it's, uh, right, it's stagnant. Right. I, I can do the same every single day. So, if you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. You're going backwards. That's absolutely right. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> Great and that's minds why. think alike. But Absolutely. so you did the sales side of things. What do you like better, sales or the implementation services side? Implementation. 
Why uh, do you like the implementation over the sales? It makes my brain evolve. It, it always, does it? Yes, there's always a new challenge every day. Um, and I love the challenges. And um, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just growing all the time. Uh, you know, we get a new client, a new project. You know, the business principles are always the same, you know, no matter mm -hmm. the industry, but the industry is so different. So there's new problems on how they do day-to-day -day things or, you know, at the C-level perspective. And uh, that to me is fascinating, you know, being able right. to know and be part of, you know, a budgeting and planning process in a, you know, in a hotel versus like a restaurant, you know, and, and versus, for example, MLB, sports industry, right? It's, right. Uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, and I'm constantly learning. Um, sometimes it's too much because my guys in consulting, they're like, well, you need to be away. You know, because you're coming too much into our business here. So right, right, but I, right. I love being involved. And that's something I do different. You know, with, when we have customers, they're always the VPs and stuff like that. They're always like, well, why are you involved? Why are you so involved? So like, I, this is what I love to do. You know, mm -hmm. this is why I founded G7, because I care. And I, I like to be involved with uh, with my clients, you know, their family. They're part of the G7 family. Yeah, so. I guess if you're the owner, it kind of allows you to be involved on all sides of the equation, whether it's sales, services, support, whatever it is. Right. Sometimes it's more of a pain in the butt, though, too. Oh, trust me, trust <laughs> me. That's, I'm on the way. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why, because before when I was at in L.A., I was just sales rep L.A. County. And I was kicking butt and it was fun. Most sales rep, I think, would be content doing with what I was doing sales wise, income wise, all that stuff. I wanted more, though, because it's like, I feel like I'm only using a third of my brain and yeah, that's right. I could do a lot more. And that's where I ended up now managing the Northeast for Business One and the East Coast for Sage Intact. And believe me, there's some days that it's like, oh, my God, why did I take what this did I job? Do? What did I get but, myself into? <laughs> right. But for most of the position, I mean, most of my days, it's good because it allows me to try to find creative solutions for some of these issues that we come up with. When I sell, I'm a big believer in ethically selling, especially with tech and ERP, because a lot of sales reps, you know, they'll go out and sell, they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 you'll get a free implementation or, hey, you know what, 80 hours, let's see where that gets you. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, you hash that stuff out up front, okay? But you're never going to get every single detail because you cannot implement a full system during a sales cycle. But you try to uncover as much as you can. And then sometimes then when you get into the implementation and you start doing blueprinting and you're documenting things, that's where, oh, wow, this beer manufacturer actually owns a strawberry field too, and they want it for the strawberry field. So, you know, it, it's pretty cool like that because, you, you know, it puts you in a position to where you have to be creative because you just can't jack the price up. You know what I mean? To where, oh, That's this is going to cost you double. Right. You have to find a way around that the customer expects. But you also have to get the customer to take ownership a little bit too, because it's like, hey, we did four hours of discovery with you. We've done another four hours worth of demos. You not one time did you mention that you right. had a strawberry field. 
you know? That's how, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of this processes with our salespeople, you know, I always tell them it's, it's a fine line, right. On how you sell mm-hmm. it. And uh, especially with the implementation, as, as you mentioned, right. because you can get in trouble a lot of times. Right. But, you know, when that problem presents itself, I always tell people, well, you got to look at the short-term opportunity and the long-term opportunity, right? Oh, there you go. (laughs) You're stealing one of my phrases there. I always say, I tell everybody from my team to this podcast, hey, you got to keep one eye on now. You've got to be grounded, but then you also got to keep another eye in the future because the decisions that you make today are going to affect where you're at in the future. That's absolutely right. And, you know, you got to weigh those too, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, sometimes you you got to, you know, eat up the cost and that's okay yep. because in the long term, there is a bigger opportunity, um, you know, yep. and, and I'm all about long-term, you know, honest transparent opportunities versus a quick short-term in and out, you know, type of thing, which we get those all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, where I position uh, us. I position us like, Hey, we're your partner for growth. This is a growth partnership because if we're not helping you grow your business, then quite frankly, we're failing. And they'll be like, well, why do you want us to grow? Why do you want to grow our business? Well, if you want to know the truth, it's because if I grow your business, guess what? You're going to be buying more software and more services from me. It's in my benefit to help you grow your business. Absolutely right. Couldn't agree there more with you. Absolutely right. So what kind of software do you use for your accounting? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) For our accounting, well, Uh, you know. (laughs) But, you know, when you look at it as a whole, you know, our, our industry, because what you do and what I do, they're different platforms, but there's a lot of crossover, you know, they're, they're, they, they fit different needs, but I think they're pretty much sold almost like the same way. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you guys sit more on the, the ERP side, right, where yep. the data gets captured and all that. And then what we do is that we sit on top of that data and we mm-hmm. connect directly to, you know, the ERP system, such as SAP, you know, Business One. Um, mm-hmm. And many other platforms out there, uh, either it's on the cloud or on-premise, we're able to do that, um, get the data in, and then kind of have a look at the processes and come up with a solution where we address uh, not only data issues, but also process issues and Mm -hmm. come up with an application where um, the business users can use it at any levels, even if it's operations, you know, sales, um, and also C-level, if you're doing a kind of a top-down approach for your um, KPIs and goals. for for the overall company or a bottoms up as a matter of fact. So, um, you know, that's where we kind of sit in. And um, I think you guys, again, are more on the data collecting ERP Mm -hmm. side of things and the data entry. And then we sit on top of it. I mean, we do have, you know, some, I I guess you could say business intelligence, reporting, stuff like that, you know, Krista reports, that type of stuff. But when you're going for a, year one ERP solution like SAP Business One, yeah, it's got the out of the report boxes that you, out of the box reports that you (laughs) can tweak and stuff like that, but it's only going to get you so far. far. There's, that's where, when you really want to get a deep analysis of true business analytics and stuff like that, I think that's where a solution like yours 
really comes into hand. Yes. And, you know, we have many different solutions out there depending on what, you know, if you're a small to medium or an enterprise level, right. And what mm -hmm. you're trying to, to do. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of companies, I'm talking about the big companies, you know, they're okay with having two or three tools, right? One can uh -huh. be for the analytics, one can be for the, you know, budgeting and planning and forecasting. Then they have another one usually for predictive analytics and the statistical right. Um, team, right? So in, in this cases, um, you know, sometimes we get a lot of clients that are unhappy about what they have, right? Because there is, they're siloed, the systems are siloed. Uh, uh -huh. There is multiple versions of the truth because throw Excel, they also have Excel as well, right? So where we come into this big companies is we come with an all-in-one toolkit approach where, um, you know, we have our product that does pretty much uh, from budgeting and forecasting, budget planning and forecasting to BI and data analytics, and also to uh, predictive analytics as well without right. any type of coding. And it's just a simple drag and drop. And you don't need to know Python or R in order to be able to, you know, create a predictive model. It is all built in. It's all drag and drop. Um, and then we got the small, you know, to medium companies where they either don't have a tool in place and the only tool they have is Excel and right. they're growing so fast that they have all done that so much. Access. Or, or Microsoft have, Access. Yeah, I see that a lot lately. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And then, you know, they come knock on your door and they're like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm a 10, $50 million company right now and I'm running on Excel or a hundred million dollar and I'm running in Excel, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, well, we gotta, we gotta talk, right? We got a problem yep. here. I mean, how could you, uh, you know, even from an HR perspective, you know, when you're doing payroll and all that, and um, it's fascinating to see all of this, you know, companies that are, uh, you know, so big and they're Isn't still it? running in Excel. Right, right. Isn't it crazy? Because I've seen companies hundred. $200 million a year in revenue. And they're like, yeah, we're running a custom Microsoft Access. And then we update all these spreadsheets in Excel. And that's how we manage the business. And it's like, how the heck did you become a $200 million a year company running off of Excel like that? It is insane. Well, and and I and and my question is, well, you know, do you know how much more cost effective you can be and actually, mm -hmm. you know, grow and add more into that growth if we come in with a system, right? And you know, we kind of replace certain functions and automate your process, right? Mm -hmm. Even better where your employees are more efficient at that point, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of people, when you show what you got, uh, what, what we got, it's not like, wow, we can do that with a push of a button and said, yes. And he's like, well, we have about five people crunching yeah. data with this every single day, you know? And yeah. uh, the way that I put it, the way that I put it is very simple. It's like, hey, look, Instead of having people do mundane tasks like fill out different spreadsheets multiple times, you can actually, you don't have to eliminate them. Remember, automation does not mean that you have to eliminate jobs or employees. What you do is you repurpose them and put them on profit driving activities instead efficiency yep efficiency yep that, that's absolutely right and that's you know that's what we do essentially and uh you know we g7 actually we kind of grew tremendously for the past you know couple of years um as it has been said for a lot of companies for us has been a tremendous growth um yeah. and it's because of what you just said right and um you know there were a lot of budget cuts as well and you know we came in and uh it's we we helped out
And then we had a lot of these people that are coming back now and into a brand new environment, more efficient, and they're happier at their day-to-day jobs, you know? They're not crunching data all the time and validating three different versions of the same exact data, right? Yep, yep. They come up, they see what it is, and then they keep moving on to the next, you know, One single version of the truth. That's absolutely right. So Uh, how has COVID, how has this whole global pandemic been for your business? It actually has been great. Um, as I said, we saw a tremendous growth. Um, you know, we went from six people to 14. Okay. Mm. And, uh, quite a lot of customers and, you know, the reason why we saw this, you know, in the beginning it was a little bit kind of a kind of stagnant a little bit, right. Because people were either cutting on budgets and they're trying to figure out how it would play well, out. Right. I, I, I don't think that it was necessarily stagnant what what happened this is my my opinion Mm -hmm. from what i saw is back around march you started having state after state after state do stay-at-home orders closing down schools closing down and it just seems like everybody just shut down stock market crash nobody knew what was going to happen we headed to a recession and you know they could only have x amount of employees working from an office or a manufacturing right. site and it wasn't that they couldn't afford things they most times they were still had they the were money. very cautious they were yep. very cautious they were guarding their wallet because they didn't know what the future held yes absolutely i couldn't agree there more with you you're absolutely right and uh you know what happened is we were kind of for us it was kind mm-hmm. of for us a little bit until people kind of so you know States started opening opening up. I mean, Texas, we opened up quite fast, yeah. to be honest with you. And that's when people realized, oh, well, we're open up now, but we can't really go back to the office, right? So now, now yeah. we need the systems in place. Like we had a lot of, you know, cloud upgrades, right, from yeah. on-premise because we had to make it that way that people could access it from home, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we got better, for example, cash flow forecasting models. Uh, we got a lot of requests from that, right? Um, and a lot of like statistical and predictive pieces of that, right? Uh, that had to do with a culture shift that happened within the companies, uh, but mm-hmm. also, you know, being right. prepared because we still don't know what's going to happen, right? You know, we got this nope. new strand now of the of COVID with Delta and, you know, I don't know if you heard or not, but California put the mask back on. Uh, yep, and, yep, back um, on. You know, yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen all of that. And in fact, you remember by the time this airs, it'll probably be like a couple months ago. But uh, India, when it was all over the news, stuff like that. Right. Well, my wife, uh, my in-laws, they're actually Peruvian. And down there, it was pretty much just as bad as it is in India. They were telling us that to get a tank of oxygen. And this wow. is just like about four or five weeks ago. It would be three days waiting in line, camping outside of a place to get it because it's that bad. So my mother-in-law, sister-in-law, niece, they all came up here to kind of wait it out. But got to remember, a place like Peru and Lima, they're in winter. This is flu season for Argentina. Them. Yes, yes. And- Argentina too. Yep. Yep. Now, as we start getting into flu season in the U.S. over the next four or six weeks, what I, you know, it could be interesting. Is that going to fall up more north with us or not? There could be a resurgence. Who knows? And I think because of that, there's a lot of uncertainty right now in the market because people don't know what to expect. However, I will say one big difference is. So last year, all our projects went on hold, like literally 
every single project I had, except for one or two, hey, we got to put it on hold. Got to put it on hold right now. Then going into 2021, we still had COVID. We still had mask. uh, you, You know, you still had all this stuff. But guess what? Every project I had on hold, all activated. Why? That well, because, on, yeah. because COVID is now standard operating procedure for businesses. They knew what for they business, expect going into this year. Right. And right now, I mean, it's crazy. We're in a hiring frenzy because we have so much work and not enough employees. Like we're even recruiting in South America right now and we'll move them to the U.S., that's how yes, bad we need we're, on the, we're on the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. We're on the same boat. Um, as you know, you know, we have an office in Argentina as yeah. well. And, uh, you know, again, we have the same thing with COVID, as you mentioned, in um, Peru, right? And then Lima. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, over there, as far as project goes, they were on hold. They're still on hold, right? Because there's still so much. And, you know, Argentina is very political and very controlling. Right. Um, so, we, you know, we kind oh, of have I those remember. challenges internationally. I had a contract where I had to, it was for a Korean slash Japanese semiconductor company. Now, this is when I was an independent consultant with my own consulting business. And they're one of the many contracts that I held. But they're like, hey, because I'm fluent in Spanish. I got a Mexican green card, (laughs) Peruvian papers. I have all that stuff, okay? And they're like, we want you to get our product into Latin America. And this is a known company. I mean, they're in every single Xbox that exists. Their customers are wow. HP. They're in every single HP printer, for example. And I kept getting a lot of people interested down there in places like Argentina. But we could not sell to Argentina because of how it's almost like a dictatorship with how strong those laws are. Yeah, it's they're, impossible. They're I mean, very I closed. Will- Yes. I mean, I'll tell you a very simple example. Like we have about, you know, five, six people there and I Mm -hmm. wanted to send them this headphones. Right. And I couldn't, I couldn't ship it because if I did, they would have gotten charged. I think it was double the price of what we got them for Mm -hmm. or triple. And they would have to pay that because it was something that was shipped out of this country within this country. Right. Yes. And then they also want them to buy Argentinian projects, products, Uh, right? Products, right? Which I understand, but at the same time, you know the the price markup it's ridiculous out oh, there. Yeah. You know, I can buy the same headphones for the same price. So when you look at some of those things, you know, and bigger purchases, you're like, oh my lord, you know, this oh, is yeah, yeah. this is crazy. Well, I, when I lived down in Mexico, so I lived in Tijuana, but I could go to Walmart and buy a pair of Levi jeans that we think of just ordinary generic jeans. I could buy him for 20 bucks at Walmart. I take him down to Tijuana and now this is 20 years ago. I could sell him for 80 to 100 bucks. Now it's probably way cheaper because people don't realize like uh, a lot of these other foreign countries, they have very, very high tariffs on their stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we're still trying to navigate those waters in Argentina. It's oh, a little yeah. bit, you know, uh, my partner down there, you know, obviously is local and all that. So he knows it better. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, his family has a toy company. So we kind of know, but we're still trying to navigate the waters there. So uh, it's what, interesting. I, I have a few more questions for you because we are starting to run out yeah. of time. This has been a great, I love these conversations because Me it's too. like an, it's an ADD combo. Like we're all over the place, <laughs> but people are going to love it. They're going to be, they're going to want you on again, watch and see. So Absolutely. Um, 
the sales process. You and me both talk because, again, in similar industries, ERP, uh, kind of like with what you do. Um, how do you find that during COVID, the sales process has changed for you? Selling to a client remotely and having to give them the warm and fuzzies and stuff. It's definitely become more difficult. For sure. Um, And, you know, it's not, we do a lot of on-site demos Mm, and proof of concepts, right? And when you talk to someone over the phone or even just the camera like this, it's different, right? Because you're not shaking your hand or you're not giving them a hug, right? Or you're not joking around and they really don't see your true personality and right, right. you know your 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 background and you know how warm you are and and, and all of that right or the, uh, the way you present as well it's, it's just very yeah. or the way you stand and you sit in the in the room and you're sharing the same room yeah, with them yeah, yeah. it's just not you know it's 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 not different it's not the same the, but... I, i'm sorry you made me crack up because when you said that i was thinking my sales rep needed me on a call for him uh to be like, hey, David, uh, they need to get some warm and fuzzies from the executive side on Vision 33. Can you join the call? Yes, obviously I will. That's my job. And I'm on the call and I have my microphone here because, you know, I do a podcast, but I use it for but my everyday. Right. And he's like, is that a microphone? The guy, the customer is asking <laughs> me, is that a microphone? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, why do you have that? I'm like, well, I also do a podcast from here, too. And he's like, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I was like, oh my, yeah, god. oh my god, yeah. What did I get myself into, right? Because right, I just right, killed right. this sale right now, <laughs> right? But it it actually it went went really well, and that's a thing. I mean, what I've learned is it's hard to build a relationship remotely, and we do a lot of on site too, because we're doing on the small end. Maybe it's. 50 or 75,000, but a typical deal is going to be between 150, 500,000, you know, and when you go out to do that size, you know, they want to meet you before they cut you a check for 500,000 or a million bucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they want to know who you are, like how, how do you communicate with them? Like how, how do you, you know, stand in the room, right? How do you yep. present? How do you understand or you don't understand their business? Especially, right? and especially when you're a sales rep, because when you're a sales rep, they want to see, is this guy or gal BSing me? And they want to see your body language because many sales reps in the ERP industry, for better or worse, they're, oh yeah, we can do that. Oh yeah, we could do that. Oh yeah, we could do that. Yeah, by, by default, you're the liar in the room, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's where, you know, you need people like the management like me or whatever to come in to kind of make sure that the customer believes it but one of the things that 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 i implemented with my team was hey whenever you're on a call everybody uses teams everybody uses zoom now whatever it is whenever you're on the call even if the client has their camera off you absolutely have to have your camera on because when you're answering you want them to see your face. You want them yep. to see how you're saying it and that you're not rolling your eyes like, yeah, oh, yeah we can like do this. that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> I know. Do you, do you do a lot of that same stuff, Adira? Yes, um, absolutely. I think anything that will, you know, you will show up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and people can see you. Um, I, 
I've totally pushed that into, you know, our team. Absolutely. But to be honest with you, we also have a lot of customers that they don't want to, you know, right. uh, this is more from, for the services side, right? They don't to want to what, turn the to cameras on. Camera. Yeah. Okay. They don't want to be on a, you know, but even if they camera. don't turn it on, do you, do you, you or your team turn it on? So most of the team members do. Myself, if I know the client on a personal level, this is existing clients, right? If I know to a personal level and I know that they get bothered by that, then I'll just not, I'll not turn mm -hmm. it on, right? I'll just make them feel comfortable, right? right. Uh, because a lot of people, we're all different, right? Um, I don't feel comfortable being on, on the camera, but that doesn't mean that I, you know, don't want to see you right and you don't have to be in camera or you know that might mean well that. last time we so, had a call my camera was on and yours was off because you said you were i know sick. i know well i've had a problem <laughs> with my cameras and i'm not lying to you and between okay, my okay. office and here and teams i don't know what it is but it always i don't know it's working pretty is, good now right now yes because i had a new one i ordered a new one specifically for this two it's weeks on. ago oh so, awesome thank you yes and it's actually great it's working great <laughs> oh yeah 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 what camera did you get um i don't remember the name it says the the uh the depth stack it's actually pretty oh. good it was yeah, cheap I too that. i have the uh, uh logitech brio because of the 4k and and i loved it i've had it for about yeah. five, four or five years i bought it once it came out it's been great for me so I do want to wrap up with one final question. Yes. Okay. Because business is personal. You know, people, like we were talking earlier, your life and coming from where you did in Albania to now, your family, all that stuff made you evolve as a person. You just had a baby not too long ago, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, my baby boy Odin, my baby boy Odin, Odin, Odin. Peter. He's four go. and a half months now. Four and a half months. Yes. So how has having a baby working from home, you know, working from the up, how has that impacted your business life? And does it inspire you more? I mean, tell us how that feels. Yes, it has made me a better boss, a better daughter, and a better wife. Um, oh wow. I I work Maybe I need 10 to have times, a new kid. <laughs> I work 10 <laughs> times harder now, you know, because it's um it's about giving also opportunities to him, right? And I'm not just gonna hand them off to him, but I just work harder, um, mm -hmm. you know, day in and day out. And uh, you know, my schedule is hectic all over the place, which that has given me a lot of patience and mm -hmm. um becoming better at scheduling and managing my time, time management. Yep. Um, and, you know, overall, it's been exhausting, but I think there's been a lot of great uh, things such as, you know, patience. Um, I'm a better boss. Um, you know, I understand more now for, you know, the moms and the dads out there, you know, the flexibility of not being in the office all the time, mm -hmm. you know, giving those flexible um, schedules and, uh, you know, getting stuff done uh, whenever you can, right? And uh, to me, family is very important. And yeah. um, all the people that work, you know, with me and for me, um, that's the main priority, right? And yeah. as a mother and as a wife and as a daughter, I want to make sure that my employees um, feel that and they're, you know, they're they have their time to spend with no, their kids. You know, our life is amazing. too short. Our mm -hmm. life is too short. And I think having this 
child right now has even made me realize that even more and appreciate yeah. it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm very thankful and I'm very grateful, um, you know, for what I have. So, yeah, and for this beautiful it. baby. You just stepped into a awesome topic. This is a recurring theme that I have on this show. I've talked about it with most of the big experts we've had on, including Soledad O'Brien, with the traditional workday. In fact, I have an article that will be out on Forbes.com soon uh, oh. that's going to be on modernizing the workday because I think for most working professionals, now look, if you work at McDonald's, yes, you have to actually have go to, to McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> right, you're right. You're not going to just make it at the microphone in your own kitchen, you know, in the microwave right. in your own kitchen and send it to somebody. But for most working professionals like you, me, people that listen to this podcast, the nine to five workday is outdated. I think yeah. if there's one good thing COVID has brought us, it has proven to all these business owners, all these executives, all these CEOs of major companies that guess what? People don't have to sit at a desk for eight hours a day straight to be productive. They can 100% go out. Agreed. They, like I tell my team, I don't care if you work from the beach, Disneyland, whatever. I care about deliverables. You have to do what you, there are some things you can only do between nine and five, okay? Right. I right. expect those items to be done. Outside of that, you know, if you're working at eight o'clock at night because it doesn't matter, I don't care. Uh, Have that work-life flexibility. Do you think that is the future? Um, absolutely, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, we got a new office on June and, um, you know, I said... Flexible hours, you know, um, Monday through Friday, you know, I'd like to be in the office if we can, right? But mm -hmm. if we can, then that's okay, right? But as long as your stuff gets done, and to your point, there are certain meetings that I need you to be on. And mm -hmm. those certain meetings are within a nine to five, right? And I need you there in order for you to get your job done. And I don't care right. when you get the rest of the things done. That's up to you, you know. Yep. And the other thing too is I have unlimited vacation policy. Uh, so oh my god, where do I submit my application? He's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, but you know, and the understanding behind that is that you can take as much time off as you need to, as long as stuff gets done, right? Uh, and as long as you're present on those meetings, I don't care. Yeah, uh, it's up to you how you manage the time as long as the tasks get done. And that's I, I think once you get to a certain level of experience, even with younger people, you know, like I was reading an article, I, maybe it was Forbes, Harvard Business Review, and I actually tweeted them. Well, I was going to tweet the author, but Biggers didn't have an account. So I, <laughs> I still tweeted HBR because they're like, oh, you know, People will lose out if they're working from home or not in the office. And it's like, hey, if that's a type of environment this place is, to me, that sounds toxic. I, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. Okay. Everybody should be judged upon the work that they do. And when yep. you're hiring somebody at the level that you or I would hire somebody, um, you know, you expect it to be. Be done. You don't need to babysit that. Right. 
If you do, then they're probably not right for the position. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. You're absolutely right. right. That doesn't mean that, you know, maybe something happens here or there to where you've got to help someone along in a hard time. But outside of those rare moments, it it should just be done. I I think that's the the biggest thing we could take away. I couldn't agree more. This has been amazing. Have you had fun? Yeah, it's lots of fun. It's very nice talking to you. Shark, shark bait. You just became shark bait and survived. So, Ooh, great! I cannot <laughs> well, wait for the next one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How can people reach out to you? Um, you can reach out on LinkedIn, um, Odetta Pine, um, or www.g7techservices.com, or give me a shout. I love to talk to people. It's five one two eight two zero three seven nine nine. Give me Perfect. a shout. And we'll make sure that we have a link down there for G7 Tech Services. Adetta, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. Thank you, David, for having me. Bye. No problem. Cheers. Bye. Wow, such an awesome chat with Adetta, right? First, y'all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, Please share it out to your network. Get it out on LinkedIn. Get it out on Twitter. Get it out on Facebook. Shark Bite Biz is the best kept secret out there in the business world. I'd love to see nothing more than G7 Tech Services and Shark Bite Biz out there trending. Now let's get back to our superstar guest, Odetta. We say this often, but the route you take to get where you're at is often just as important as where you are. None of us woke up just one day and, and was like, bam, I'm gonna be an executive at Google. Or in my case, I'm going to be a super famous podcaster and YouTuber, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wish I was. One day, maybe, with your help, we'll get there. But anyways, there are twists and turns all along the path of life. If you listen to the origin story, as I call it, of Adida, you'll hear the same thing. An immigrant escaping a very bad situation from her native country. Her parents had to send her older sister first to the U.S., and then finally it was her time to leave up Anian. When she came here, all she knew was that anything was possible. It's the land of opportunity. And I think that's important from just a social aspect right now because we have so many people that really aren't so happy with the current state of affairs here in the U.S. But yes, we have problems as a society. Every society does. But business-wise, if you have an idea, if you have a dream, if you have a goal, this is the easiest place in the world to be able to achieve your dreams. And that's something I don't think many people could deny. Odetta's story is so personal, but also it's just really amazing. I mean, now she's reunited with her whole family and she's working on something that she's really passionate about, data and helping small businesses grow. It's interesting how her view on work-life balance has essentially evolved now that she's become a mother as well. Sometimes I think people forget what it's like, you know, not to have kids. 
especially because we're in a cultural situation right now in the, in the United States where so many adults are waiting to get married later in life. They're waiting to get kids later in life. And that's fine. You know, you want to do your business. You want to have fun early on. I get it. I get it. I had a lot of space between my first kid and my second kid for those various reasons. But having compassion, especially when we're in a pandemic, when many of them have to study from home and life is much more difficult for somebody like Odetta, it became so much easier to understand that stuff because of the fact that now she has a kid and she's going through those same exact thing. You know, I really think Adita and me are, are both in line as far as the nine to five workday, the traditional workday, stuff like that. It's becoming a more deliverable centric type of life I think for people once you get to a certain level if you're working at a fryer at Burger King sorry you know you're gonna have set hours but once you get to be a working professional doing the things that we do it's going to be much more of a deliverable centered life and I think that's important because I really see that's how the work day is evolving as we go forward overall I mean this was an amazing story that has created an amazing business and truth be told I think she's just starting out. I think she hasn't even reached her full potential yet. Her story isn't even half written. And I'm more than super confident that as time goes on, her company, her dreams, they're going to be bigger. They're going to be better. And, you know, she is just starting to scratch the surface of what her full potential is. So I just want to give a personal thank you out there to Detta for coming on, sharing her story to this audience. And really, I hope you all love it. Question of the day. What is the biggest hurdle for you to start your own business right now? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Remember, if you want to be on the show, really simple. Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please don't forget, join the channel. $3 a month, you can become a baby shark. Or head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. Get 20% off your order. And again, all the proceeds from Deadhouse Coffee actually come right here to this show we own dead house coffee it helps us produce what we're producing and as you can tell each show it keeps getting bigger and better because of all the purchases that you all do do for us so once again i'm david strasser this is shark bite biz we'll see you all next episode ciao Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.